exciting and new Come aboard We're expecting you And love Life's sweetest reward Let it flow It floats back to you says the 70s like the theme from The Love Boat, sung by Jack Jones. And I don't know, if you're like me, you might have thought that Jack actually wrote that song, but no, it was written by our guest this week, Paul Williams. Don River back in the Vinyl Vault with a special edition of the Vinyl Vault this week in conversation with singer, songwriter, actor, composer, Paul Williams. And no, he does not have a daytime Emmy, as you'll find out. So we're going to do a little conversation. We're going to sample his incredible body of work, including Rainbow Connection, and how he had to coax the performance out of Jim Henson. Too many mornings of waking up in a Holiday Inn and thanking his maker that he was still around. Don River, live from Canadian Music Week 2012 in the historic Royal York Hotel, in conversation with composer, singer, songwriter, and actor Paul Williams. Paul is an Oscar, Grammy, and Golden Globe-winning Hall of Fame songwriter. Paul, no daytime Emmy? <laughs> no. You know, I was actually nominated for an Emmy a couple years ago for a Christmas special. I wrote the story and the songs and then co-wrote the teleplay for called uh, uh, A Muppet Christmas, Letters to Santa. Uh, but that. Uh, that was uh, that was a regular a regular Emmy, but I, I didn't win it. That was sad, sad, sad. So there's an empty space on your there's shelf. There's an empty space. You know, you know, at this point, you know, those they asked... Uh, a, a famous film director, I'm trying to remember what his name was. The guy who directed, uh, uh, well, it doesn't matter. But he had won all these awards and none of them were out. And he said, they asked him why. And he said, because they all have dates on them. You know? oh. Billy Wilder. Ah, Billy yes. Wilder, you know, to, to talking about, you know, some like it hot and all the great movies he did. None of his awards were out. He said, they're all a long Don't time worry. ago. Yeah. You're also the uh, president and chairman of the board of ASCAP, the American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers. Now, did you ever think you would see chairman of the board <laughs> and president on your business card? Oh, it, it must be end times. I just <laughs> you wonder. Oh, it's a great honor. I've been a member of ASCAP since 1972. Um, you know, you, you, to, to best describe what ASCAP does is imagine me in, in, the, in the 80s, uh, I'm in, in some little Holiday Inn or whatever and, uh, where I performed the night before in, at, at, at a, a venue in somewhere in Ohio. I've been up all night drinking probably, falling asleep with the TV on. I wake up and I hear, the love boat soon we'll be making. And I look at the heavens and I go, thank you, God. It's nice to be working because whenever music is played on any form, whether it's television, radio, on the stage, uh, uh, internet, uh, satellite, there's there's a performance royalty there, and and it's ASCAP collects it and distributes it. We have 430,000 members. I joined the board of directors in 2001 and uh, became president three years ago. It's the greatest honor I've ever been given. I was looking at the board members, Marilyn Bergman, uh, just incredible members sure, on that sure. board. Yeah, Marilyn was president before me for 15 years, so I don't know how long I'll, I'll be president, but it, it's an amazing 
opportunity to, to really jump in and serve at a time when, when the music business is changing so drastically. I don't know if you were there for my morning speech this morning, but at 9 a.m. You know, most musicians don't know there are two 9 o'clock. Or, or an a.m. unless it's <laughs> from the night before. But what I talked about is the fact that, that, that you know, that we're living in, in an age where we have to really stand up for our rights. And, and the, the, my, my greatest respect is for the user of the music, you know, that, that they're, they're trying to find the music any way that they can. I just, and those places where, you know, where music is being streamed and, and downloaded illegally by, by large organizations like Mega Upload, making hundreds of, you know, $500 million dollars you know, on music that he's not paying for, right. the, the Justice Department has to deal with them. But there are other situations where there, where there are sites and the like where my major goal is to bring them into, into the fold and, you know, and keep that whatever, what, however we can do it, keep the music playing. Let the user enjoy the music at a, at a very modest price. Modest price. And the end creator obviously gets rewarded. And, and I, don't, I don't see the argument that, you know, oh, they've already reached a statute of limitations on that piece of work. No, I mean, not that needs to be continually you know, no. you know, rewarded for that hard work. You know, when you, when you invest emotionally in it, you, you, know, you stay up you know, until the middle of the night, you know, trying to get a second verse that works or a bridge that doesn't sound like it was shoehorned in from another song. You, you know, put your, your, you know, your heart in, in something and all of a sudden somebody's relating to it, they're dancing with their daughter to it, you know. Uh, it's, it's a, a song becomes a, you know, a piece of somebody's life. Right. And, uh, and the, the guy that created that song deserves to be compensated. Right. We've only just begun to live and promises A kiss for luck and we're on our way
to ASCAP. I've got a difficult question to start off with. Did you end up having the job of teaching Jim Henson how to sing Rainbow Connection? I did. I did. And you know what happened that was interesting is that, you know, you know Kenny Asher and I wrote the song. The great thing about Jim, about Jim and one of the most amazing things is that we, we sat down in, in my den and talked about what the movie was going to be about with Jerry Jewell, the screenwriter, Jim Henson, Frank Oz, Kenny Asher and I. We kind of figured out that it would be, a, you know, we'd start out in the swamp with Kermit's sitting in the swamp, all right? And what's he doing? And Jim sat there for a second, he went, playing a banjo. <laughs> I went, okay, playing a banjo. And then an agent rose up and says, in a rowboat, which is Dom DeLuise, says they're looking for frogs that want to be rich and famous, and, and starts the, the, you know, the whole journey of what became basically like a, a Hope and Crosby road picture right. uh, on how the Muppets got together on their way to Hollywood. And Jim, uh, as Jim was leaving, I said, you know, Jim, as, as Kenny and I work on these songs, I'll let you see them you know, along the ways to make sure we're on track. And Jim said, you know what, you, you don't have to, I'll, I'll, I'll hear them in the studio. Well, that's, that's a, a, a creative freedom you would never ever experience today. I mean, that was 1979, and he said, you know, just go for it, because I know you'll do the job. And I remember when I, when I took him into the studio, to, you know, I think, we, you know, we, I, I don't remember if, which one we did first, but I think we did Rainbow Connection first. And Jim went and he stood in front of, the, of the, the microphone and he started singing it and it wasn't there. There was something missing and, and I, I finally went back and talked to him. I said, you know, Jim, I don't want you, I want Kermit. And I feel like I'm not getting Kermit. So he picked up Kermit and I put a screen up so I couldn't see him. And, and you know, so it was just Jim and Kermit. And Kermit sang, why are there so many songs about rainbows and what's on the other side? And it was, it's just a stunning performance. He just needed to inhabit the role. To he really needed to inhabit the role. I think he needed Kermit, you know, uh, you know like in his, in, on, his, uh, on his hands, in his arms, you know. Why are there so many songs about rainbows and what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions, and rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told, and some choose to believe it. I know they're wrong, wait and see. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow the lovers, the dreamers, and me. Who said that every wish would be heard and answered when wished on the morning star? Somebody thought of that, and someone believed it. But it's done so far 
what's so amazing that keeps us stargazing? And what do we think we might see? Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. All of us under its spell, we know that it's probably It's something that I'm supposed to be Someday we'll find it The rainbow connection The lovers, the dreamers story that, that is a favorite from that is, is Kenny and I were, you know, we're working on this, and there's a great scene where they, the Muppets break down in the middle of the desert, and they're, you know, they're, they're out by this campfire, and they're thinking that they've lost their chance, and, and Gonzo is there, and Gonzo's my favorite Muppet, Gonzo is a landlocked bird, I think you and I are landlocked birds, it's, I think we're all landlocked birds. So Kenny and I thought, what if we write then, we wrote this very kind of esoteric spiritual song about Gonzo looking at the sky, this landlocked bird singing, I've never been there, but I know the way. I'm going to go back there someday, which is could be a song about dying. It could be a song about spiritual evolution, whatever. And, uh, and Jim, God bless him, he said, you know, we could also do this where there was a little bit of a more realistic element to this. What if... What if we have a, a scene where, where Gonzo buys a bunch of helium balloons, he buys too many, and he experiences flight? So he wrote this entire state fair scene where we have Bob Hope as an ice cream salesman and Richard Pryor as a balloon salesman. It's where he meets Piggy, where Kermit meets Piggy. This entire scene was written so that we could put this little song Build in for song Gonzo. You know, so it, an amazingly generous man to work with. Incredible. It's a song that's really transcended generations. I mean, kids, parents, grandparents, they all seem to love it. Uh, for me, that's a hallmark of, of not only a well-written song, but one that's accessible as well. Um, was it the subject of many rewrites, or is it a one-write? One I think we wrote that really quickly. What was, you know, what was hard to, to come up with was the title Rainbow Connection. Someday we'll find it, whatever it is, you know. And so we went to sit down, and my, my wife at the time was, was Katie, and, she, and I said, she said, what's going on? I said, we're trying to find this, you know, the, the, the connection with rainbows and, and how people are touched by it. What is the, what is the, the, the rainbow, you know, the, the, the way we connect to it? And, and, you know, so we're looking for that connection. And my wife said, you're looking for the rainbow connection. I went... And we were running back in, and went, that's it. You, you were know, dancing we, around we, we, had, we had said Rainbow Connection three times and hadn't heard it. And she said, she said, okay, you're looking for the Rainbow Connection. We went, oh, my God, we've been sitting here saying it. Someday we'll find it, the Rainbow Connection. 
Perfect the meter. Lovers, dreamers, and me, exactly. And the song was written in, in Kermit, the way Kermit talks. Why are there so many? When, uh, when Richard Carpenter wanted to record Rainbow Connection, he thought, can we change it to ba doo da ba doo da 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 Why are there not? Why are the songs all about rain? Whatever. And I said, no, no, it's written in, in Kermit's meters. Why are there so many? You know, it's the way he talks. It's very unnatural, but it yeah, works. Yeah, but it works, song. doesn't it? And it's amazing the people that have recorded it. I've done it with, with as a duet with Willie. I've done it as a duet with Jason Mraz. Jason and Willie have done it separately. The Dixie Chicks, Sarah McLaughlin, uh, Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. It's just an amazing collection of people that have honored us with doing this song. It may make it up there to yesterday territory with that number of artists recording it. <laughs> I don't know a lot of people recording yesterday. Two of your songs, including Rainbow Connection and Evergreen, are listed in the American Film Institute's Top 100 Movie Songs. Isn't that now, sweet? Is that otherworldly for you? That's Yeah, that's one of my most favorite things on my wall. You know, it's, it's Evergreen and, and Rainbow Connection. And it's just, you know, I started out as an actor. And I tried to make it as an actor. I, I you know, I, I looked very young. I played kids. I looked like a kid till you put me next to a regular, a real kid. Then I looked like a kid with a hangover. So I, I you know, it was hard to cast. I did a couple movies. I did the loved one. I, I did a couple years later. I, I booked a movie called uh, The Chase with Marlon Brando, Robert Redford, right. Robert Duvall, and, and I started plucking on a guitar on the set. We're you know, long hours, shooting at night. You know, Marlon Brando is shooting major scenes and we're sitting in the dressing room and I'm doodling on a guitar. And I, I just I just wrote some silly little thing about Bubba, 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 come out wherever you are. And Robert Duvall heard it and he went, come here. He said, what, what, what is that? I said, I just made it up. He said, come here. Took me over to the director and, uh, and Arthur Penn and I showed it to Arthur. He said, sing that song to Arthur. It's not a song, it's a three lines. He set up the camera and they shot it. It's in the movie. It was the beginnings of, 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 my, of my career. And I've actually talked myself into a corner. What was your actual beginning? Oh, oh the, the thing about the two songs. And the, so my, when I went to Hollywood, it was to be an actor and it was about film. So for me to have any kind of recognition from the film, American Film Institute is a huge, huge honor. Got back to it. <laughs> there was one brilliant moment where I was, I was like, "Don't touch the brakes, Johnny! Don't touch the brakes!" I was not worried. I don't know how to land this plane. <laughs> Love, soft as an easy chair. Love, fresh as the morning. Snow. I 
upcoming artists such as the Scissor Sisters, is it a challenge to work within a musical frame of reference that might be different than your own, or is just a, a song is just a song? I, you know, I think that that it's le- that the work is much less directed than than I would have said it was 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Uh, I don't mean that, that they're less directed. I'm saying that, that what we what we do in the room is this really interesting amalgamation of of. Uh, of what we each bring to the experience, you know, you sit down with Jake Shears and you know, Baby Daddy and and and, uh, and Jake Shears, you know, and and just begin throwing ideas around, and it's amazing that what we're what we're led. Actually, we wrote a song that I love called "Don't Ask," uh, you know, uh, that never made it on their album, but they wrote a song about bullying, or we wrote a song about bullying that they recorded. Uh, that. Uh, I don't have no idea where it came from. It's you know, but it, it's it's that you know. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember what the opening line is. If anyone is if anyone was hate headed for the gates of hell, we knew you'd be first. I mean, it's like singing about this bullet. You know, uh, I think that the process is very mystical. I get very Jiminy Cricket about the whole deal. It's a very mystical process. I think that the the key to co-writing is listening. Mm-hmm. And and not being afraid to have really bad ideas. Trusting. Trusting. You know, I operate on on two rails right now. I roll on on trust, and I roll on gratitude. I'm grateful for the life I have today, and I trust that I'll be taken care of. Very cool. Don River in conversation with Paul Williams. I was listening again today to Someday Man. Wow. Remember that one? Yeah, we just lost. You know, the man who introduced it to the world. You know, Davy Jones. Yeah. Um, Two things leapt out at me when I was listening to that today. Some of the themes seemed to be gentle warnings. There's, I didn't find anything that was very overt, but there seemed to be a lot of gentle warnings about wasting time, wasting yeah, love. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the title track is very bright. It's very Beach Boy-esque in yeah. some respects. And the lyrics don't necessarily match the musical tone. If you, if you read the lyrics, and I, I'm sure you Some know Some folks the are working for troubles and waiting for answers they're never going to find. They keep on searching for pleasures and looking so hard they can't see. Exactly. But for me, life can be a sweet holiday. Yeah. Exactly. It's interesting you say that. I think that, that a lot of my writing has, it has a little darkness, and it will usually lead to the light in the verse of the third verse. I mean, the bridge of the third verse. Rainy Days and Mondays. Which incidentally has a line that I wrote as a fill line that is now my favorite line is what I've got they used to call the blues. No need to talk it out. We know what it's all about. Hanging around, nothing to do but frown. Rainy days and Mondays always get me down. Goes to a positive place in the bridge. Funny, but it seems I always wind up here with you. Nice to know somebody loves me. You know, it's that magical, mystical thinking that that love will solve everything. You know, right. I wrote a lot of codependent anthems. You know. 
talking to myself and feeling old Sometimes I'd like to quit Nothing ever seems to fit Hanging around Nothing to do but frown Rainy days and Mondays always get me drowned What I've got they used to call the blues Nothing is really wrong Feeling like I don't belong Walking around Some kind of lonely cloud Rainy days and Mondays always get me down Funny but it seems I always wind up here with you Nice to know somebody loves me Funny but it seems that it's the only thing to do Run and find the one who loves me What I feel is come and gone before No need to talk it out We know what it's all about Hanging around Nothing to do but frown Rainy days and Mondays always get me The second thing I noticed about that, that album, have you and Jimmy Webb ever sat down and compared birth certificates? I mean, you have this, this how can I describe it? It's just a landscape in your, in your music. It just takes you somewhere. It's vast. It's... Well, that's a great compliment. Jimmy's a great friend. We've been friends for 40 years. Uh, he's also vice president of ASCAP. He's the chairman of the Songwriter Hall of Fame now. 
and an amazing writer. I mean, I, and I want you, I need you more than want you, and I want you for all time. Excuse Classic. me. I need you more than want you, and I want you for all time. That says more about about the the intensity of of of, of love at its at its greatest. He's brilliant. But I, yeah, I think that there's something very Americana about both of us. You know, I ride away on my roan pony, Shoshone Indian guy by my side. You know, we'll chart the course of a new river, give her a name and move on. Then we're gone, it's time to move on. It sounds like something Jimmy could have written, I think. Yeah. And uh, that's a great compliment. Thank you. I am a lineman for the county. And I drive the main roads Searching in the sun for another overload I hear you singing in the wire I can hear you through the wine And the Wichita lineman is still on the line I know I need a small vacation But it don't look like rain And if it snows that stretch down south Won't ever stand the strain I need you more than want you And I want you for all time And the Wichita lineman Is still on the So they hurry along. There were 
Just very briefly, I, I've read that you uh, auditioned for the TV show. Stephen Stills and I both, you know, we're, you know, sometimes no is a gift. Yes. Sometimes no is a gift. And I wandered in there, and and I was cute, and I, and I had you know like long blonde hair, round black glasses, and a top hat, and a feather, you know, I looked like something out of Alice in Wonderland, you know, and uh, uh, didn't get the job. And every now and then, I've, a couple times I've seen Stephen, and we kind of both go. You know, the, the fact is the guys that, that, you know, we were both contract writers at, at different publishing companies at the time, so it never would have worked. We were songwriters, they were looking for actors. What they wound up with is, as, as actors, and uh, they wound up with guys that were really multi-talented, you know. Right. And Michael Nesmith especially, I mean, Mike was, you know, was such a good, is such a good writer. Uh, I, I have history with, with, uh, uh, you know, with Dave, Dave, Davey and I would see once in a while at, at golf things and the like. But but uh, Mickey Dolans is the guy that that's looked at the movie Bugsy Malone and said, you know what, that would make a great stage show. And Mickey, who I've known, you know, and we, we socially have been friends for a long time, decided that he would adapt Bugsy Malone as a stage musical, musical which it ran for almost a year in the West End of London. Uh, with his adaptation, and it's now gone on to become, you know, I mean, every kid growing up in London or in, in the United Kingdom pretty much does, just as we, they do Greece over here, they do Bugsy Malone as, as, you know, their first stage experience. So I'm grateful to Mickey for that. It, it, just, uh, it just the whole monkey's experience, it just continues on, and, exactly. and really sad that uh, Davey's gone. Yeah, there's a, a you know, I just got an invitation to a memorial that I'm not going to be able to attend in, in New York, and he left behind 12 horses. You know, they're trying to figure out what to do with his horses right now. Uh, he was really happy, and uh, I saw him in Hilton Head about six months ago, and uh, he was he was he was on the moon. He was everything was great. Yeah. A little uh, chat about ASCAP for a couple minutes, if you don't mind. Sure. For you being a musician, well, for, I guess for all of us that are musicians and songwriters, I would say, I would interrupt and say for me being a songwriter because I'm a terrible musician. If you, when I sit down and play the piano, my my band will run off the stage like, oh no, not again. Okay, let me rephrase Protect that. Protect your ears. You know. Being creative people. Uh, Society tends to coddle some of our um, our eccentric behaviors, such as lack of organization. And now that you're chairman of the board and president, are you having to flex some muscles that you perhaps haven't used, or have you always been really an organized person? 
It's been taken to a whole new level. And the fact is that I'm president of an organization that is self-contained and that is amazingly operative. Uh, John Lofermano is, is the CEO of, of ASCAP. We have 430,000 members. It's, it's an organization that runs at the smallest operating costs of any, any performing rights organization, I think, in the world. What's interesting is to be given a chance where, you know, March 15th was my 22nd sobriety birthday. 22 years of, of sobriety. The way what I did that day is, is I testified on the Hill. There was a Senate Finance Committee hearing where I was asked what they were examining. Uh, Russia's, you know, Russia is currently being admitted into the WTO, World Trade Organization. Right. And the, the hearing was to, to examine whether or not Russia should be granted PNTR, which is permanent normal trade relations. And, and, you know, ASCAP doesn't have a, an absolute opinion on that, but if, if you know, the other guys on the, on the panel were, were like the head of John Deere Tractors and, and the head of the Cattlemen's Association in, uh, in Montana, and if they don't, if, 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 if PNTR is not granted, they can't do business with Russia, so they have a lot in the claim. You know, what I was able to tell them is that whether it's granted PNTR or not, ASCAP, American music is, is continuing to grow, and American movies are continuing to grow. We have situations in Russia that are grossly unfair. For example, it's the only country in the world that, that takes 18% value-added tax out of the royalties they send back. Uh, China, uh, uh, we, we, we receive more royalties for our members from Honduras than we do from China. I mean, it's outrageous, the imbalances in, in some of the global imbalances. So what I've got right now is the opportunity to, A, you know, on, on an international level, really step forward and fight for the rights of, of, of actually all music creators and, and specifically for ASCAP's music creators. But then the other thing is the cultural thing of, of making sure that people realize you know, that somebody sat up and wrote that song you're listening to. And we don't want to take the kids, you know, and I understand that, that you know, when you look at a, a mega upload that, that's, that has stolen 500, made $500 million, upwards of $500 million on music and advertising around music that they haven't paid for and that they're offering free to streaming. That has to be dealt with by the Justice Department. But for the kid who's out there wanting to download or stream music, what I want, I don't want to see his music stream. I want to keep the music playing. I want him to always be able to find the music where he wants it on the Internet. I just want, I want that music to, the servers that are delivering that music, to, you know, to give us a fair price, you know. Not a huge amount of money, but just a fair price. Right. So uh, the, what what hopefully I can bring to the, bring to the table is that... The, that I'm a music user too, so let's eliminate that. There, there is no adversary there. We're, we're on the same side of this. I want to see the music being delivered to you, and I'd love to see it being delivered under the exact same conditions that it is now. The only requirement for that that I think would make sense is for the server, you know, to step up to the plate and pay that small amount of money that is that is key to delivering legal music. Up here in Canada, SoCan's looking at that, uh, you know, looking at the ISPs sure. and seeing if there's a you way bet. they can monetize you that. Bet. And incidentally, those, those are great friends. We have a reciprocal deal with SoCan. We have reciprocal deals with, you know, with around the world, and SoCan is truly brothers, true neighbors and brothers. And, you know, like, like ASCAP, SoCan has a lot of uh, programs and, and tools to engage songwriters, to teach them to be better business people. Yes. Is that something that was missing when you were a burgeoning songwriter? Oh, they, you know, I, they still... 
you know, a lot of people don't want to trust me with a checkbook. I mean, please, you know, if this this is, you know, my version of, a, of an adult does have boundaries. You know, there are certain things that I'm really good at and all, and, and I've had the same business managers for 40 years. They, they Every now and then they remind me that at the peak of my career, I wanted to put the whole thing in go-kart tracks and trampoline centers. That's almost you know? unheard of, 40 years <laughs> together. So, so uh, you know, my, my area of expertise, that's above my pay grade is, is handling the, the, the you know, the, the checkbook. But I can certainly deal with the economics of our business and try to make, make decisions and, and participate in decisions uh, that, that are going to benefit everybody. What's next for you? Well, we got the movie coming out, Paul Williams Still Alive, which is about, you know, my, you know, the, the, the it's, it's really a film about recovery. It's a, it's a very funny film, I might add. About, it was uh, premiered last year was, in Toronto. Yeah, it was pre- premiered here this year at, at, at the Toronto Film Festival. We just, we just uh, had its U.S. premiere at South by Southwest. So, so that's the, the next, you know, I'm now headed from here to Nashville for a week. I have a concert date in, in uh, Hot Springs, Texas with a great orchestra there. I've played with them before. Then I go to the Cleveland Film Festival and uh, then home for a few days, a little bit of golf, and then back to work for ASCAP. Nice. Don River, live at Canadian Music Week 2012 in conversation with uh, Paul Williams, and thank you for speaking with us. Don, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate it. Just an old-fashioned love song playing on the radio And wrapped around the music is the sound of someone promising they'll never go
and you're listening to radio that doesn't suck. And not that sucking's bad. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to paint this whole thing. Never mind. 